What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch, and I'm your host. And today we're talking about whether or not coming into the gym actually makes you better at life outside of the gym. You hear gym owners and coaches all the time talk about the idea that we're doing things with our members here that make it so that their life outside of the gym can be more fulfilling. And I'm here to suggest that I believe sometimes that happens and most of the time that's just a line. It's a line that gym owners would like to be true that they've been told, by the way. It's not that gym owners are bad people. It's not that coaches are liars. That's not what's going on at all. What is going on is gym owners and coaches have been told by people who educate them that the education that they are getting is such a gift that they're the only people in the world who are able to help their members live lives more fulfilled outside of the gym. And that without them, these people would be in dire straits. First and foremost, I'm happy that anybody providing an education to anybody else believes that strongly in their education as a way to help people live more fulfilled lives. I would argue that if you don't believe in it to that kind of a degree, then really you're just looking to be a profiteer. And I I do believe that most methodologies, most schools, if you will, of thought, believe that what they're doing is so critical to helping people get outside of the gym that everybody needs to adopt it. I I happen to respect that. Here's where I think it ends. And here's where I think it's really important that we start the discussion. How does somebody's life outside of the gym improve? How do they gain more freedom outside of the gym when their back squat goes from 250 pounds to 300 pounds? What is it that is going to happen outside of the gym that requires their back squat to go from 250 pounds to 300 pounds. At 250 pounds on a back squat, these people who we're talking about, they are incapable of navigating the everyday world to its complete expression. But then we're able to get them to a back squat of 300 pounds and the world just opens up to them. What's the example? Okay, okay, I know the response. It's confidence. It's the accomplishment of doing the hard work to go from 250 pounds to 300 pounds. That's that's the metric. That's the skill that's learned. That's the freedom that's gained. It's the ability to start doing things in real life that are difficult that you thought you could never do that you learned about in the gym by doing something that was difficult that you couldn't previously do. Cool. On a scale of good, better, and best, I I would suggest that that's right below good. And here's why. It lacks creativity. What else could people do inside of a gym that they didn't think that they could do before that would help them gain that same kind of freedom outside of it without axially loading their spine with 300 pounds on two feet at the same time and risking all of the injury that comes with it. I don't believe most gyms today 
are helping people live lives more fulfilled outside of the gym. And here are the reasons why. 67% of the United States is overweight. Almost 50% suffers from obesity. 50% does suffer from musculoskeletal pain. We have a doctor's office or a coach or a chiropractor or a physical therapist for one in every like 400 Americans when we start to actually add it all up. So it's not for lack of access. What's going on? How is it possible that we live in a country right now, the United States, for those of you listening from abroad, you have your own problems too. You're not off the hook. But to speak specifically about the United States, how is it possible that we have a population of 350 million Americans and half of them are dealing with musculoskeletal pain Half of them are severely overweight, and two-thirds of them are overweight. And I shouldn't say them, I should say us. Us. We are a country that represents about 4% of the world's population and takes over 80% of its painkillers. I'm going to say that again. We are a country that represents 4% of the world's population and consumes 80% of its pain pills. That means, when you do simple math, we are consuming 20x the volume of pain pills of every other country in the world per capita. That's insane. And I believe that most people going to the gym actually end up dealing with more aches and pains than they had before they got there. Here's what happens. People are not going into the gym and blowing out their ACL. They're not going into the gym and obviously tearing a labrum. Like they do a, a lift and all of a sudden their shoulder just goes out and they fall to the ground in pain as if they were shot. They're not blowing discs in a single moment that they can usually point to. So what happens is every modality of fitness is able to say nobody gets hurt doing this. But it's so obvious that people are getting hurt doing it that to suggest it's not is like, I don't know, I just scratched my head. I guess that's the best way to describe it. It's a head scratcher. We're not helping people get better outside of the gym. We're not. Even when we look at the videos that people will post where you show somebody doing something like a power clean and then we show them doing something similar at their workplace. We show them um, you know, pressing a weight overhead and then we show them putting something on a shelf. Those are not the same. Let me be clear. They look very similar, but they are so different when it comes to the nuance that the way the body does them, it's, it's, it's not even similar. When you watch the person pick something up off the ground in the real world in that video, by the way, videos of which the likes I have made myself for my businesses when I owned gyms. People round their backs to pick things up off the ground. People lean to one side and rotate to pick things up off of the ground. When you put things on a shelf, you don't go through full shoulder flexion and get your head through the hole. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. 
we're telling ourselves the things that allow us to sleep at night comfortably, that make us feel really good about the kind of fitness that we teach in our gyms. But it's not, it's not working. And we need to be honest with ourselves when we talk about it. There is a solution, and I want to share with you what I believe this solution is. We need to look for areas of deficiency on a regular basis, and we need to decide communally what is the minimum standard for 500 different things, 100 different things, and ask ourselves, can the people who we're working with do these? And if the answer is yes, then great. Let's move them on to something else. If the answer is no, then let's continue working on it. I'll give you some simple examples that I believe do give people freedom outside of the gym that we do work on in active life, that we do work on with our ProPath gym owners, that we do work on in ALP, that I do not see in any traditional gym setting, not the commercial gym, not the Pilates gym, not the yoga gym, not the CrossFit gym, not the Zumba gym, not the Jazzercise, none of them. Are you able to step off of a curb? Really simple. Are you able to step off of a curb? Seems like not a big deal, right? But if we're talking about freedom outside of the gym, there is a significant population of people who cannot step off of a curb. They are afraid to walk on the sidewalk if it's uneven. They are afraid to cross the street without support devices or colleagues to help them do it. Helping somebody to be able to walk on uneven ground, to be able to step off of the curb with confidence and competence, that gives somebody freedom outside of the gym. I would argue that most people walking into the gym today can already do that. Getting up off of the ground without using your hands, without using your knees, without using your elbows. How many points of contact do you require to get off of the ground? The fewer, the better. I don't believe in most cases that we're actually improving that in gyms. I don't think it's a priority. I don't think that a burpee is a good way to, uh, to practice it. A Turkish get-up is probably the best exercise that I've seen in the gym that specifically goes from point A to point B from the ground to standing up. Um, and it's minimized. It doesn't happen very often in gyms. So how easily can somebody get off of the ground from laying on their belly or laying on their back? Can you walk up five flights of stairs carrying groceries in each hand, either at chest height or at waist height? We don't, we don't do anything to improve this. We, squatting doesn't, necessarily make somebody better at doing that and the person who needs to be able to do that isn't free in the real world they can't carry their own groceries upstairs to their fifth store apartment and the gym doesn't help them do it not on purpose sometimes it happens by accident but it doesn't do it on purpose 
Can you go from standing still cold to a full sprint for 100 yards? I think a great way to determine how healthy somebody is is how willing are they or how prepared are they to cross the street when they don't have the light. The distance that they're going to need between themselves and the cars that are coming is going to indicate how healthy that person is, how free that person is. Now, I'm not suggesting please avoid testing yourself and, you know, getting hurt. What I'm speaking to is that most of the people who walk into the gyms that tell people that we help you live lives better outside of the gym, I believe most of the people walking into these gyms are already living lives that are free outside of the gym. And yes, coming into the gym helps them do the things that they're doing outside of it better. That doesn't unlock things, though. It doesn't unlock things for people that they can't do right now. And when we can get gyms, the gym environment, to a place where people come because they can't step off the curb. They're uncomfortable walking on uneven ground, so they're never going to go on the hike. They're not going to walk where the tree, reeds, the tree roots are. They're not going to walk on the sidewalk that's uneven. When we can start to give people that back, walk upstairs to your fifth-story walk-up, carrying your groceries, stand to cook, stand to cook. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but that's because people who can't stand to cook, who can't walk up to their fifth-story walk-up, who won't step off of the curb, who are uncomfortable on uneven ground, who can't get up off of the floor without assistance, they're not walking into your gym. And that's why these things get minimized. And that's why the educators who are telling you that what you're doing in the gym is what the world needs. They don't, they haven't seen these people. If they did, they would know it's not true. Now, I'm making this podcast because I want you to know that it's not your responsibility to help this group of people. It's not your responsibility to help the people who are not living lives free outside of the gym today. I've chose to make it mine. At Active Life, we've chose to make it ours. And I talk to gym owners all the time. Most of them are not my clients. Most of them do not work with Active Life. I talk to gym owners every single day. I talk to coaches every single day. And I talk to individuals who frequent these gyms every single day. And one of the things that consistently comes up, from gym owners especially, is that the coaches have nothing at risk. There's nothing at risk for the coaches. And so... When they say that, what they're talking about is if I buy this education for these coaches and work with you and they do really well and they start making all of this money, what if they leave? They have no risk at the, the gym. There's no risk to them if the gym does poorly. They can just go get a job somewhere else. They can take their clients. And my answer to that is the same all the time. If you're worried about people taking clients and leaving, what it means is that you haven't created a mission, vision, 
and values that are strong enough to compel somebody to stay for the pursuit of those instead of the pursuit of simply making more money doing something similar or completely different. The risk when you have a strong mission, when you have strong values, when you have strong vision, when everybody on the team understands it and believes it and is bought into pursuing it, the risk is about losing the opportunity to pursue that mission on a team who's absolutely making a dent. That's the risk. And if the business that you're running right now doesn't foster an environment in which people feel any risk at all of missing out on being a part of the team that pursues the thing that they're passionate about, then you're right. The moment that somebody else offers a staff member of yours more money, you're probably fucked. And what that should tell you is that what you're doing in the gym might not be compelling enough to keep people interested. Thoughts for the day, things to ponder. I'd love to hear from you. Active Life Professional on Instagram, Active Life RX on Instagram is where you can find all of our stuff. You can find me at Dr. Sean Pestuch on Instagram at Sean Pestuch on LinkedIn. Just Google the name, you'll find me everywhere. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Active Life. Remember, if you feel inspired by our vision to humanize the healthcare industry, professionalize the fitness industry, and empower individuals to live their lives, to reclaim their physical freedom, to develop careers, helping people reclaim their physical freedom, all you need to do is head to activelifeprofessional.com, find the appropriate link that represents you, and get in contact. We'll see you there.